welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, faced us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney. I'm here in a sealed room mm. with my friend Al. Hi, it's me. <laughs> the room is sealed. It's, so are my lips. I'll never tell you a secret. <laughs> What's up? It's sealed because it's going <laughs> to just get hotter and hotter in here yeah. as the time goes on. My gosh is about to be drenched. <laughs> That's fine. I believe in us. Okay. That's why we're going to keep it snippy snappy. Snippy snappy. You know me. I'm snippy snappy. You're so snippy snappy. I didn't do an hour long episode last time. No. 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 Of course not. No. Here's the thing. Yeah. Last episode that I did, it was very Courtney, baby Courtney-centric. Yeah. This episode, also. Oh, good. I'm just playing to my strengths. I think that's fun. I like, I had so much fun. Uh, I always like to hear about baby Courtney. <laughs> things, my strengths are things that <laughs> I was obsessed with. That's what the, that's what the show is about. Oh, that's, that's the show, baby. That's the show. <laughs> well, you'll love this. I think you, I think you'll also. Yeah. This will be deep in your heart, too. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Ernest Raymond Gaunt's early years were a bit fuzzy. Mm. Most sources have him born in 1907. In either New Orleans or Texas or Jamaica. We're not so sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gaunt himself was never clear on his origins, but commonly told the public that he left home around age 16 to travel the world. So common in those days. <laughs> you put on your safari suit. You're like, I'm getting out of here. You put on your little khaki shorts. <laughs> you bring you bring a gun. You, yeah. You, you, go, know, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and then you're out. You're just like, hey, me? I'm doing colonialism all over the world. <laughs> well, <laughs> how did you nail the topic so, so distinctly? It's my, my uh, cover of Pimpin' All Over the World. <laughs> <laughs> Imperialism all over the world. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um... He sometimes claimed to have traveled in the 1920s as a super cargo worker on a large yacht. Why is it super? Um, I, there is a Wikipedia link. It's super cargo. It's, it just has a lot of cargo. It's big? Okay. It's big. It's just a lot. It's so big. What were they carrying? Who knows? In the 1920s? Oh. Cigarettes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Tobacco and <laughs> rum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rum runners. Yeah. yeah. A large yacht that was headed to Sydney, Australia, with a lengthy stop in Hawaii. He also claims to also spend several years afterwards island hopping through the South Pacific on freighters. So he's like, hey, you got a boat? You got a boat? Let me go. I can lift things. Can he? I don't know. He looked kind of weeby. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he did supercargo. He did He did do the supercargo. <laughs> in other interviews... Uh, Gaunt claims to have traveled with his rum-running grandfather hitting Hawaii and Polynesia and every island in between. The dates that Gaunt has given during multiple interviews are difficult to align. Okay, so this is a kind of a... He's a wiggly fella. Yeah, he had a reputation as a, quote, spinner of tales. Oh, he's doing flim-flam. <laughs> and many claims that he lived in the South Pacific is, quote, almost certainly not true. <laughs> so here's the thing. He, he lived in, like... I don't know, somewhere in the States. And he's like, I'm gone. Yeah. And he was gone for like a long time, 10, 12 years. Came back. He's like, I'm a changed man. He was living in the, um, like the attic of a theater where they were putting on South Pacific. Oh. Actually, we're going to mention that. Oh, <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein, they're coming. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Wherever Gaunt was during his younger years, historians can agree that he hit Hollywood right as the Great Depression moved in. Oopsie daisy. Oops. In 1933, he opened a bar that took all of the elements from his travels. A mishmash of Pacific Islander culture, quote unquote, cultivated through the eyes of a white man. Don the Beachcomber, a rum cocktail bar that acted as an escapist fantasy for its patrons, was born. Gaunt filled his bar with, quote, artifacts. Most not, <laughs> mostly knockoff bastardizations of indigenous Polynesian traditional art and regalia. A hose was hooked up so rain effects would hit the metal rooftop, making it feel like the patrons were in a tropical storm. He also said in some of his interviews he did that so people thought it was raining outside so they wouldn't leave. Oh. It's like, oh, it's raining. Can't go. Trixie. Trixie. Parrots would commonly be found walking around the edge of the bar, including a sassy minor bird who would screech, Give me a beer, stupid. I don't think that's good for the birds. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, beer? No, just like being in a bar <laughs> full around drunk people. They don't get any sunlight. It's completely dark. <laughs> yeah. And they eat those little peanuts. Your parrots live for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, parrots? Yeah. Yeah, well, this one didn't. Okay. <laughs> Especially because it was allergic to peanuts. Uh. Maybe that's why bars traditionally have peanuts. Because of the birds? Because of the birds. Bar? Yeah. Well, I assume it's spread out thusly. <laughs> yeah. You don't see parrots anymore. They didn't last very long, but the peanuts are still there. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> History. Okay. Don the Beachcomber was America's first tiki bar. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that vibe coming. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I caught that that's vibe. That's where for we're sure. going. <laughs> it was also one of America's first heavily themed restaurants. Oh boy! What, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I have thoughts. You I have, have thoughts about where we're maybe going. Where we, oh oh oh! Is it somewhere we've mentioned before? Is there somewhere? Did we mention this place before? I'm not sure. Okay, there's not the one I'm thinking. Okay, of. <laughs> okay. I'm really not sure. You know what? We probably have. Okay. Even though Don the Beachcomber hit Hollywood by storm in the 1930s, America's obsession with, quote, tiki bar culture did not take off until after World War II. Mm. This is a tale as old as time. Soldiers moved into a novel-to-them environment, oppressing indigenous peoples and culture, and then mimicked it back home. Yeah. No white Americans cared about authenticity nor recognition. The word tiki is not even a Polynesian term. It is a Maori word for wooden or stone carvings with human features mm. that connected back to tiki, the first man in Maori stories and lore. Hmm. So they just like, yeah, sounds good. Let's just take that. Let's just take that. Yoink. <laughs> oh, what? Is that, that that's what happened? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, have you, yeah, you've done tiki bars. Correct? Yeah, there's one in uh, Vancouver. I think it shut down, didn't it? I have no idea. I haven't been outside my house in <laughs> four years. Look, all I can tell you is the majority of what you once knew is is now gone. Okay, it's all there's nothing out there, bud. <laughs> it's a wasteland. <laughs> there's a Pizza Hut, as you know. Hell yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> pizza Hut and a lot of Starbucks, and that's about it. Michael's Craft Store, yes, also. Oh, good. Yes, they're all still there, but you know, bars, mm-mm. bars don't exist anymore. <laughs> Quote, it was a weird moment in history when the whole country became fascinated with the South Pacific, said uh, Ken Albia, professor at the University of the Pacific. The appropriation of this vague sense of the, quote, exotic or other spread across the West Coast restaurant landscape. 
Oakland's Trader Vic's, Seattle's Outrigger, and San Francisco's Tongaroom all became wildly popular. That, like, yeah, the, like, quote-unquote tiki aesthetic, it does feel so inseparable from the 1950s. It's very, it's very, very, very got really hot. Nixon was really into it. Not shocking. Nixon and Walt Disney were very into tiki. Yeah, this makes sense to me. Uh, This idea of, like, this, it's not even... It's not even Polynesian culture, but, like... Old white guys, you know? <laughs> they love it. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Nixon, like, went to Trader Vic's, was there at Trader Vic's when it was unpopular. Like, oh. when no one was there. He was... He kept slurping down the Mai Tais. <laughs> he was also unpopular. <laughs> Him and the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I would, do you want to talk about San Francisco's Tonga Room? Mm-hmm. It's at the Marriott? <laughs> yeah. It's at the... A lot of, like, Marriott's had tiki bars oh weird across like the west coast and this one has a pool in it in the bar in the bar in the middle of the bar it's wild it's absolutely and i guess like there's a lot of these that had pools and they used to put mermaids in there like ladies that are dressed up as mermaids no no real mermaids oh in the 1950s okay real ones real ones yeah any any mermen Oh, uh, mm, <laughs> I did look at a lot of pictures. Okay. Not, not, there's no hunks. Damn. <laughs> maybe, maybe now in San Francisco, maybe they have some hunks. Hell yeah. Quote, the menus, t- and wait, wait till you uh, get a load of this ride. <laughs> the menus tended to feature a mishmash of pan-Asian fusion dishes. Alvia says, many tiki bars, oddly enough, served Chinese food, mostly because in the 1950s, Americans really didn't care for authenticity or knew what Polynesian food were. Yeah. Uh, so Chinese food was familiar, but still they thought a bit, quote, exotic. Hey. So, quote, they must have just decided, well, that's close enough. We love, we love to see Asia as an amalgamation, don't we, folks? <laughs> So when America, like, brags about its melting pot, they're just like... Yeah, "Eh." we melted it all together. And then then Crab Rangoon came out. Yeah. Right? Jeez Louise. The drinks, as well, were crafted basically on a vague sense of flavor. (laughs) Get (laughs) them. Oh, I can't. This this stuff is, I call it, like, gut rot. Like, just the sweet... Uh, but were largely American creations marketed to be tiki. For example, the Mai Tai, the Corpse Reviver, the Singapore Sling, Suffering Bastard, and Zombie were all attributed to either uh, Don the Beachcomber or Trader Vic. Hmm. Um, all the ones, like the blue drinks. There's one called the yeah. Blue Hawaii. The, like, like with the volcano in the b- middle. Oh, the, the volcano like, in yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Anything with, like, milk. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> There was a drink I looked up. I had a lot. I had a real fun time looking up all the drinks. There's a drink not with egg whites, because you shake an egg white, it makes foam, right? With an egg yolk. Oh. That's like a custard. Who am I? You are, who are you? A man drinking an egg yolk. (laughs) You're Rocky Balboa. You're here. You're in my tiki bar. (laughs) (laughs) Just so bad. I get how this is little Courtney, because... Oh, t- oh, no, this part isn't Little Courtney. Well, you were a little Hawaiian shirt boy. I, well, I, yes, in, actually, fun fact, I ha- owned a Old Navy Hawaiian shirt <laughs> that I keep seeing in vintage stores. Oh, really? Like, it's the same one. <laughs> and they're like, this is vintage. This is vintage. You're it's like, like no. I saw it, I saw one for 45 bucks. <laughs> what? I'm like, this is rude, and I want it. 
commonly, these drinks would be poured into a ceramic mug that was shaped with an appropriation of an important god or ancestor from Hawaiian, Maori, and Samoan culture. It didn't matter what culture it was. It just was, like, vaguely. We've all seen these, folks. Oh, boy. You know them. There's ones now that are, like, the nerd ones. Have you seen oh, those? Oh, the, like, Star Wars? Yeah! <laughs> Yikes! I don't understand! Yeah, they've just, like, really sort of lifted the quote-unquote, like, tiki aesthetic in terms yeah. of, like, lines and shapes and, like... Yeah. Translated that into existing characters and selling it for, like, $80 from Funko Pop or whoever. <sighs> and there's a tiki bar at Walt Disney World. Yeah. And they sell, they also have like specialized ones that are like tiki aesthetic, but it's like the hat box goes from the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And people go ape shit out of it. Well, they also have like a tiki theater. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> you mean the tiki, 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 tiki room? Sure. Oh. <laughs> did you go to that? I think I did when I was very, very yeah. young. That's That's the place you have a nap. Yeah, when it's you're cool. a kid, you're like, these birds is talking, and I don't care. <laughs> and the incessant clicking of the beaks. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy. Uh, quote, really at the root of it, it's exploitation, says Kelwa uh, Korea, a curator at the Smithsonian's Asian Pacific Islander Center. It's ignoring the real lives, the real culture, and the real problems that we do face. The root of tiki bar culture is a sense of white escapism, feeding into the idea that these islands are the ultimate place to vacation or travel to while ignoring the problems of Pacific Islanders uh, and, and what they face on a daily basis. Dollar imperialism and whores of tourism lead uh, threatened indigenous home lead to threatened indigenous homelands as well as the Pacific Islanders' way of life. Can I tell you something? I yeah. I have continued to see lately that is like. Tell me. Blow my mind. Yeah. Because I've seen at least two different, like, tourism websites referring to one of BC's Gulf Islands as Little Hawaii. Is it Hornby? One is Hornby. Yeah. Another one was, like, up closer to Haida Gwaii, I think. Okay. But I don't remember what island it was. But it was, like, some island I'd never heard of before. Is it just, like, it's warm? It's unseasonally warm there? The beach is nice? I don't know. But it sucks ass. (laughs) Like, <laughs> Look, our beaches, hey, okay, I love, you and I love a Pacific Northwest yeah. beach, right? We love it. It ain't, it ain't Hawaii. <laughs> the only thing that's similar is that you don't care about the indigenous people yeah. of Hawaii, and you don't care about the indigenous people that live here. Oh, same, same. <laughs> oh, so go to Hornby and just, like, cause a mess and then don't, and then leave, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's trying to say? I guess so. That's weird. It is, like, really weird. Do I don't you, like it. Do the people there who live, like, the Nita, the the people who live in Horn- Hornby Island, are they, like... Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any... Like, this is something I literally just saw, like, a flash okay. of while I was, like... Actually, I think while I was doing research for my agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember going to Hornby Island and, like... Because they had a warm beach. Yeah. But I never heard it. Called. I've been there a bunch of times because it's like a really like a fossily destination. Yeah. So my dad would take us there a lot. You know what else? And you've probably seen this. They have a lot of nude beaches. Oh, do they? Or in that in that people are just nude on them? Oh uh, yeah, it's a weird little island. You gotta take two ferries <laughs> to get there. You gotta so take pretty much anything goes. <laughs> you gotta take two ferries. There's dogs everywhere and everyone's just on the beach naked. It's yeah. great. <laughs> and plus they got fucking massive the sea guys. Moon moon snails? Yeah. I've seen a moon snail. And gooey ducks. They have gooey ducks? They have gooey ducks. So they got the horniest. giant dongs. <laughs> that's maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to schlup it out. Might as well. <laughs> might as well. 
If you got giant, like, sea dongs in the ocean, <laughs> I might as well take mine out. Uh, the original tiki bars flourished for about 30 years mm. and then fell by the wayside. It took until the 1990s where a revival would hit hard. Decor and theming exploded over the landscape, with each restaurant or bar trying to outdo the other. For example, the Sip and Dip Lounge in Great Falls, Montana, added live swimming mermaids to their pool, who would wave to the patrons behind the bar. How much do you think they got paid? To be a mermaid? That's tough work. You gotta hold your breath and shit. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks an hour, or? Oh, well, okay, 1990s, <laughs> probably, okay, 1990s, Montana, mm. 635. My, my mermaids five. have unionized. <laughs> Am I the asshole? I'm a bar <laughs> owner and my mermaids have unionized. They're talking back in the pool. They're talking underneath the water. Oh, God. Can you imagine being a mermaid all day and just how wrinkly you'd be? Oh, you'd be so wrinkly. So much. And like all this, I bet there's so much like chlorine in that pool. Or there's not. Or there's not chlorine. Yeah. You go afterwards and it's like the, the like family dinner style is just like, oh, like sugary drinks and like chicken <laughs> wings. <laughs> Yuck. The intense theming that was only previously seen in American tea bars spread to other venues. The Hard Rock Cafe was in an expansion boom. Chuck E. Cheese's, an animatronic-filled restaurant inspired by Disneyland's Enchanted Tiki Room, merged with Showbiz Pizza Time and burst across the American landscape. Chuck E. Cheese burst. Yeah, I know Uh, this guy. (laughs) We know him. I'm surprised we haven't talked about him yet. Yeah, that's... I mean, I feel like... (laughs) know too much (laughs) yeah you can share all your secrets (laughs) not to be undone planet hollywood grabbed the novelty architecture torch and ran away with it building giant globes filled with movie memorabilia and mediocre food the novelty restaurant boom of the 1990s inspired a former advertising exec for the television and radio industry to create something bigger and bolder Hmm? Mm. what could be bigger and bolder than planet hollywood Hmm. Hmm. Are you really? Are you thinking? I'm. I. I. I'm not sure if it's the thing I thought it was from the beginning, okay. or if it's something else. Oh, interesting. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. <laughs> Steven Schusler felt like he wanted to get into the game. The concept: take the interactive elements and set dressing of the original tiki bars, mm-hmm. add enchanted tiki room animatronics. Take away the pseudo-Polynesian kitsch and replace them with kid-friendly mascots. If this worked, it would be Eatertainment, the likes of which consumers had never seen. Eatertainment. That's his word, not mine. Eatertainment. That's what I want in the bedroom. I don't need to be tamed when I'm eatering. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try to tame me. (laughs) You don't like it? Just let me eat her. (laughs) Just let me mint. Uh, but for Schusler needed investors. Wanting to make the biggest impact possible, he decided to turn his Minneapolis home into a scale model. <laughs> the scale? One to one. The scale? My home. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Quote, artificial waterfalls tumbled down custom-made rock formations. Animatronic crocodiles bobbed their heads. And speakers piped the roar of tropical 
thunderstorms. Wrote Fortune magazine after touring Schuessler's home. Live animals were also shipped in. Quote, 40 tropical birds, two 150-pound tortoises, an iguana, a baboon, <laughs> and a bevy of tropical fish housed in 10 300-gallon tanks. It's not safe to have a baboon. I don't think you should have I don't a baboon. You should have a baboon. This must be, um, like... Prior to the the slew of chimpanzee incidents, yeah, it must be. Um, I okay. Here's where I'm at. Friend, okay, yeah, is that I know what this is. Yeah, of and I have do. since the beginning. But the fact that you would yeah. at the beginning of this podcast, yeah. say to me what? that you don't know if we've ever discussed <laughs> this on air before, makes me lose it. Have we? Have we talked about truly this? so many times? <laughs> We have name dropped this, I want to say, in five or six episodes. Oh, my gosh. I have no memory. None. I definitely mentioned we it. We probably did, right? In the Sizzler episode. Oh, yeah. Least. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. We okay. talk about this so much. Well, I'm doing it now. Both on the podcast and, and off. off. <laughs> well, aren't you happy I'm doing it now? Yes. I'm Yay. glad. Get this creep out of your system. I got to. I got to. It's wild. <laughs> A local broker, Angel Wayne Mills, visited Schuessler's home and remembers birds, fish and fish tanks, and a certain scent. <laughs> How he ate or slept is beyond me. I thought he was nuts. It was stanky. It was the baboon. <laughs> yeah, that dude was shitting everywhere. Okay, first of all, where do you get a baboon? You shouldn't be able to. You just he That's had like one. he stole it from a zoo. <laughs> Schuessler's uh, was going full mad scientist with his pitch. This is still a pitch. No this one man is, should is, not be allowed to do this. We haven't even gotten to the... Oh, no. As time went on and there were no bites, he was determined to add more to his spectacle. <laughs> How is your response to that? I'm going to double down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he built a greenhouse laboratory on his roof causing an electricity bill that was the highest for any residence in the state. Topping out at $2,000 per month. You can. Yeah, you absolutely apparently can. <laughs> local electrical companies and local drug enforcement agencies <laughs> continuously checked up on the household, convinced that he must be housing a hidden grow-up on the property. Yeah, I've seen weeds. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It must have been a lot of weed. And he's like, no, baboon, go. <laughs> Actually, I have animals. Welcome <laughs> to my sanctum. <laughs> oh, probably did call it a sanctum. Yeah, gross. He had this, he had a, I saw pictures of the house. It's wild. Um, he had a neon sign that just said paradise on the outside. Can you imagine being his neighbor? Oh my God. Like it was in suburbia. <laughs> he's like, hey, you know Tiki Rooms? Do you want to see me go absolutely sicko mode? <laughs> Watch this. The baboon gets Joker vibe. <laughs> Schuessler also housed a primitive biology lab. What? No. Where he experimented what? with live butterflies. Get this. To determine how long they would survive in a restaurant setting as well as if they would fall into consumers' food if they perished. This man is a fucking <laughs> restaurateur Nazi scientist. <laughs> you can't say that because I love the product. This is sick. <laughs> it's sick. I wonder if he flavored the butterflies too. No. <laughs> if it fell on your, like, burger, it'd be mm, a little bit of garlic. 
That's a crime. <laughs> Butterf- eating butterflies? It's a butterfly crime. Oh, but my dog has eaten so many butterflies. <laughs> yeah, it's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's on to something. <laughs> it took... Three years <laughs> and almost, maybe it's not a good idea then, and almost $400,000 to get the house developed to the point, which is not as much money as I thought it would be, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. If you can get a baboon and like all of that for $400,000, that's not, that's not even a house in Vancouver, y'all. No. Folks. But this is a failure of capitalism. <laughs> this is like, you know, oh, you know, free market, the bad ideas just yeah. won't make it. It's like, well... Apparently they will. Here, here's the thing. I am not saying this is a bad idea. I am. I'm going to be in this corner. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. It om- it took three years and almost $400,000 to get the house developed to the point where Schuessler uh, would show up, would, could show it to potential investors. Quote, I figured it would be like the field of dreams. If I built it, people would come. He said to Orange Coast Magazine. They were dead in that movie. <laughs> They died. They died and were ghosts. If you build it, the ghost of all your butterflies will come. <laughs> oh my gosh, if you go <laughs> to any of his restaurants, you're haunted. Yeah. Haunted by that baboon and all the butterflies. <laughs> but it certainly was not an overnight success. Investors couldn't see the forest for the trees. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't visionaries. No. Not like him. <laughs> <laughs> Not him and his baboon. Nope, nope, nope. The first person to put big money for Schuessler's idea was Mini- Minneapolis gambling magnate Lyle Birdman. That's your fucking red flag right no there. No named Lyle anymore. Lyle Birdman. <laughs> uh, by the way, he's the founder of Great Casinos and a big stakeholder in Las Vegas's Stratosphere Tower. You know, the one where they put a fucking roller coaster on top of the tower? Oh, you shouldn't do that. Uh, um, now, when you say great casinos, that's like the name of the casinos? Yeah. That's not you making a judgment call? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Some fucking that's incredible the- casinos. Yeah. From Wild Birdman. <laughs> Birdman uh, put in $1.2 million in the initial you investment. Shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't have. He got $8 million out of it, by the way, by the end of all this. Well. Dang. That's a fucking shame. <laughs> and then built a roller coaster on top of the stratosphere. <laughs> in a state with no rich. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. absolutely. no regulations. Lucky for the pair, their home state already had the perfect location to open up their rainforest-themed restaurant experience. Bloomington's own Mall of America! Yeah, I mean, that's where it belongs, yeah. <laughs> had just opened a few years earlier and welcomed big ideas. <laughs> I love Mall of America. We will do an ad on that, I'm God, sure. Okay. As well as its sister, it's a, a sibling mall, Edmonton. That's the one I have more to say oh, about for sure. This they're the they're they're siblings. Like yeah. I think the siblings developed it and one split off. Yeah, they're sisters, not twins. <laughs> well, they're not twins, that's for sure. <laughs> the very first Rainforest Cafe opened on February third, nineteen ninety-four. <sighs> And you were there. I I wish. I wish. Within a week, the wait for a table rounded towards three hours. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, again, the, I feel deeply about (laughs) themed restaurants. I know you do. So, so, as we've talked about in the past. And I enjoy your enjoyment, but (laughs) what you've told me here today is making it hard to get behind. (laughs) 
Actually, I'll tell you some things that, like, are good about this. Okay. I will tell you. I will tell you one thing. One thing? One? One thing that's good about this. That baboon died painlessly? We don't know about the baboon. No. No, the baboon's probably still alive, right? Baboons live a long time. In that capacity? In a house. (laughs) The the baboon's still in the house. In a house where a man is experimenting on butterflies. (laughs) And the smell? (laughs) Uh, quote, when I was walked through it, I felt like I was all of a sudden through the hole in Alice in Wonderland or something, says Jen Burst, who was one of the investors in the first location. Diners were shocked. They would stand there and go, what the heck is this place and what happened here? People would wait in line to eat for two hours. Now... I mean, when you go into your first rainforest cafe, that's it, bud. <laughs> that You're like, what? Why? What? 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 Kunst? <laughs> there must be a way yeah. to harness the nostalgia people have for Rainforest Cafe yeah. and use that to make anyone anywhere give a shit about the actual rainforest. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay. I, yeah, I don't remember. I, well, I'll talk about the school programs. There were school programs okay, as well. great. They brought the baboon in. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, the butterflies. <laughs> Ooh. Every piece of Schuessler's plan was put into place, even the live animals. Snakes and parrots were commonly brought to the front, beckoning consumers to come in and at least visit their very well-stocked gift shop. Yes! Love a gift shop in a restaurant, you kidding me? You are shaking your head. You don't love a gift shop? You don't love a gift shop? No! No! Come on. (laughs) I I will tell you, like... This type of, like, kitsch, when I was an actual child, yeah. absolutely triggered my anxiety. Oh, yeah. It made me feel that. so uncomfortable. I could see little Al sitting next to the gorillas and just, and they're just hooting and hollering so loudly. Just like, take me back to A&W, please. <laughs> Let me sit in the car. <laughs> Did you go to the one in Metro Town? The Rainforest Cafe? Yeah. Never been. No. no. You've never been to a Rainforest Cafe? No. <gasps> Don't tell me I can't speak on it. I can speak on no, it. No, you can speak on it. I just, I kind of want to go now. Wait, it's still there? No, no, no. It's Old Navy now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I've been to the Old Navy. Oh, okay. Then you smell what it used to smell yeah (laughs) oh i went to so many rainforest cafes (laughs) so many so 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 many across the across north america too not just in one location i like to think that our younger selves would have been friends i'm not sure i don't think you're right i think hey i'll just say it you probably would find me overwhelming i probably would yeah you'd probably find me boring and uh too smarty pants <laughs> you and our producer would have gotten along. oh absolutely yeah. i told our like when my our producer tells me life about his childhood i said i would have bullied you yeah yeah no but we would have been fast friends yeah you guys could have been cool fucking sitting quietly somewhere <laughs> <laughs> reading in the back of a car while i'm <laughs> eating amw while i'm just going ape shit for these monkeys that were <laughs> fucking <laughs> When do we get our reboot that's, like, us as babies? <laughs> Ag creeps babies? Yeah, Ag creeps so rats. Oh, my gosh. Uh, giant takes housing multicolored tropical fish would frame each entrance. This is what got me. I remember going to my first Rainforest Cafe. It might have been in Metrotown. Oh. In the year 2000. I was visiting up from Kelso, Washington. Okay. And... First of all, Metrotown was brand new in the year 2000. It was like, oh, 
it was like new and flashy and like it was really cool when we were a kid. Yeah, they had to make it really uh, bright and shiny so that you didn't pay attention to the prison that was uh, behind Metrotown. Yeah. Really, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they did they did their job. <laughs> uh, but Metro Metrotown and a lot of other rainforest cafes in the entrance, it was like a wall of fish mm-hmm. of like tropical fish, and you would go through it like a channel. A ch- like a channel. Like a channel. Like a channel. <laughs> but the channel is called the channel because it's in the channel. Oh. So it was. Well, the channel. It's, it's a channel to adventure. Because it's a channel tunnel. Okay. To, great. To, to the Rainforest Cafe. So it's a ch- adventure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Goodrich, who went by the Parrot Lady, was one of Rainforest Cafe's early curators working at the chain's second location outside of Chicago. Mm. Not only did she take care of the restaurant's in-house creatures, she also developed an in-school program bringing her crew of animals along with a set of coupons, of course. (laughs) Quote, it finally gave people in the animal world a good salary position, Goodrich said. We started having curator conferences. It became a very big deal. So... I read more about this, this Debbie Goodrich's uh, article about the animal curators at Rainforest Cafe. I have that in my sources. Apparently, they would pay them not only a living wage, but a very good wage, very good working hours, and they would set their own, like, curation and, and education programs. Yeah. Um, they also owned the, their animals. The oh. animals didn't, like, live in the back with the baboon. That's good. Um, and this was the only, like, outside of theme parks and zoos, this was the only, um, an animal handler or animal educator. This is the only, like, living wage, more than living wage with healthcare, like, position that these people could get. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. How'd that, they get their animals? How did they get their animals? Yeah, how'd they get their animals? By the animals? I oh. don't know. I, I think a lot of them had already had, like, Goodrich had a parrot, like, pet parrots mm. already and then brought them in. So she okay. had them for 30 years. That seems chill. If there's yeah. somebody in here who's like, I own a chimpanzee and I'm No, no, no chimpanzees. <laughs> then I'm going to have words. It was a lot of birds. Okay, cool. Um, And maybe snakes. I'm less keen about like snake handling yeah. outside because snakes like warm. And if you take them into a mall. Where it's air conditioning. It's air conditioning. Like that's not good for the snake. But for birds, they. Birds will do birds. fucking birds. Birds will do, do fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> Please, bird owners. Don't write. <laughs> don't write. By 1999, each location was making over $8 million a year in profit. That's incredible. Because they were spending so much money. (laughs) Uh, The most revenue per any restaurant in the country. This includes, like, McDonald's. Yeah. Schuessler made a deal with Michael Eisner, sending the cafe to Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, and the Tokyo Disney Resort. Mm. It also hopped the border. Four in Canada, four in Mexico, two in England, and one in each of Istanbul, Hong Kong, and Cairo. Mm. At its peak, Rainforest Cafe boasts 59 locations. Cool. I have been to, okay, let me count them. <laughs> Metro Town. Yeah. Um, there was one outside of Seattle. Mm. Uh, there was one in Burlington, Massachusetts I went to. And, of course, Niagara Falls, Canada, baby, <laughs> which is still exists today. Oh, wow. Hells yeah. Road trip. <gasps> 
to all the, well, all of the ones except for Niagara Falls are closed now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our producer went to one in Piccadilly Circus. What? Which is weird to think that him and his family went there, but they did. Yeah, that doesn't weird seem laughs. like their vibe. For a small, quiet boy, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, in the year 2000, despite Schuessler's plea to the board, Rainforest Cafe was sold to Landry's Restaurants, Inc., a company that also owns over 500 restaurants, hotels, casinos, and, quote, entertainment destinations. Mm. This, now, these are heavy hitters, Al. These are, this is also little Courtney's childhood. <laughs> this includes Galveston Island. It, Galveston Island is like... A fucking themed restaurant, but an island. Oh. It's fucking dope as shit. Terrifying. It also has a giant rainforest cafe <laughs> and a rainforest cafe ride. Huh. Yeah. They just put the animatronics in a ride. Okay. Right uh, go- the Golden Nugget in mm. Las Vegas. Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. Oh, boy. <laughs> Claim Jumper. Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> Portland's own McCormick and Schmitz. As well as Schuessler's other themed restaurant, which we will have to talk about. The T-Rex Cafe. <laughs> I do need to know about that. So we will. Yeah, we we're going to have to talk about that for sure. <laughs> it's still around. It's oh. still around. A tale as old as time. After a big company came in to buy up a smaller successful chain, they put in vicious cost-cutting policies to try to squeeze more money out of each location. Menu items changed. Decor was taken out. Broken animatronics were left stationary. The infamous sparkling volcano dessert, which usually came with a big sparkler, (laughs) was replaced by a wooden rod with cheap plastic tinsel attached. The biggest cut... (laughs) You can still get it. It's gross. The biggest cut was the live animals, something that cost each location $100,000 a year. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. (laughs) This meant all of the animal care specialists and curators had also lost their jobs. Quote, of course, I didn't agree with the Landry's decision, writes Schuessler. Um, I felt that marketing value of the birds alone justified the cost, but I was overruled. The birds! The birds alone! Parrot lady Debbie Goodrich also mourned the loss of her career. Quote, Landry's is great as far as their restaurant management and streamlining, but when they approached Rainforest Cafe with their animal element, they absolutely obliterated it in a very bad way. The animals were really what set Rainforest Cafe apart from just being a themed restaurant. So much so that one host of this podcast would yeah. go so far as to say it was not a restaurant, but a zoo you could eat at. I mean, there's lots of those. Zoos you yeah, can eat at? they're called zoos. <laughs> she said, uh, to me, it's dead now. <laughs> it's no longer Rainforest Cafe in the way Steve saw it. It's dead like that baboon. <laughs> I need to know the baboon's name. I do need to know if it's alive. The picture of the baboon, it was wearing a diaper. and yeah, Of course it was. He's not cleaning up after it. No, no, no. Absolutely not. The consumers agreed. Only right now, in 2022, only 17 Rainforest Cafes remain open in the United States. <laughs> 17 too many. <laughs> Why must you be the screen door to my submarine? <laughs> 
Niagara Falls, Ontario is the only Canadian cafe to keep open, but perhaps that's because it is the only one that is independently owned. <laughs> okay. It is an independently owned Rainforest Cafe. I guess they bought the rights to it. That's amazing. And it's amazing. It's still got all the animals. It's, it's got actually good food. You can buy your little souvenir cup. What kind of food do they have at the Rainforest Cafe? Oh, we're going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, while the North American uh, venues seem to be slowly rotting away, maybe there's some hope overseas. Two more opened up in Dubai in 2020. Yeah, that makes sense. And one in Malta in 2021. Oh, Malta. Malta. They, I guess they like American stuff? Could be. Maybe tourists? I don't know. Tourists in 2021? I hope not. The Rainforest Cafe, like its tiki bar ancestors, sold a fantasy. An escapist environment with the illusion of culture. Elephants, orangutans, gorillas, and leopards do not live in the same ecosystem. <laughs> but at the Rainforest Cafe, a weird symbiosis is crafted and sold. <laughs> They're all there, baby. It's not okay. Rainstorms every 20 minutes, tanks full of fish, and vines hanging from the rafters. These were the building blocks crafted by Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic. Families can eat their... Rasta pasta. Oh no! Or mojo bones. Each dish of bastardization of Caribbean or Asian or South American or South Pacific. I should have known. Yep. While a large globe rotates with the words save the rainforest glowing in neon across it. You're already not doing that. <laughs> if you're thirsty, you can buy a 16 ounce Mai Tai or Blue Nile in a souvenir cup. And yes, the frog that's on top of the cup is named Cha-Cha. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you take away the colonial fetishization, the Rainforest Cafe is a distilled version of Ernest Raymond Gaunt's original intent. Take people out of their little miserable lives and take them to somewhere place they've never been. Mm. <laughs> a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions happening. A lot of feelings. A lot of feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will still stand by the Rainforest Cafe as a place that I wanted to eat. Yeah, I mean... That's fair. That's yeah. a that's a, was true of you as a kid. I, oh, as a kid. Yes. Oh, and you still would like to well, eat there. Well, um... <laughs> you want to go get your Rasta pasta? No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, you want to see the ad for yeah. Rainforest Cafe? This is Landry's had taken it over by okay. this point. Um, I think this ad is like late in the game, like two thousand nine. Oh wow! Um, but it's still trying to sell you that fantasy. Yeah. Okay, let's see it. If you want to watch along with us, you can go to our sources. We'll return after these messages. Enticing. Adventurous. Tropical. Exotic, spectacular, Rainforest Cafe, a wild place to shop and eat. Welcome back to the show. Now I noticed that the tagline, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. a wild place to shop and eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does have shop proceed eat? <laughs> 
Well, to be fair, okay. when you get to the Rainforest Cafe, the first thing you get to is the gift shop. I thought you were supposed to exit out the gift shop. No, no, no. You go in, baby. <laughs> I remember going to malls across North America and not eating at the Rainforest Cafe, but going into the gift shop. Mm. Because there is like a bird or parrot or whatever in there, or a snake, yeah. whatever. Who knows? Two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can both smell and feel <laughs> this commercial. Tell me about what you would smell, what you would feel. Uh, you would get that heavy fish tank stank yeah, that you get did. when you walk into like a, an aquarium goods store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you feel this like faint, it's like hot. Yeah. And then there's like a faint mist on your face. There is, because there is a rainstorm every 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's actual rain. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. How? Hoses. Ho- okay. Hoses hooked up to tanks on the roof? I hope not. That's how you get fucking Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't, if it, if it's coming out of a hose yeah. that I assume is attached to a tap somewhere, mm. that's not rainwater. Uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> just truly, that's tap mm, water. Not by my calculations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, you're going to pour me a glass of water later. You'll be like, here, it's rainwater. I'll be like, I just watched you pour that. (laughs) Yeah, when I spit in it. (laughs) Yeah, I have been bullying you. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't tell you about something uh, that actually terrified me in Rainforest Cafe. In every gift shop, there is a talking tree. Oh, I hate that. And she was named Tracy Tree. And she told you facts about the rainforest. I yeah, watching this commercial just confirms for me that this is a the kind of place where I, as a kid, I would rather die than yeah. eat in there, and not out of principle, uh, simply out of sheer anxiety. <laughs> you know, when I was watching it and I put on the lens of Baby Al, I'm like, oh, they do not, they would not, <laughs> not for me, not they would for not me. Like it. it was very, everything was very dark except for like flashes of dark. light. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it felt very neon. Yeah. Okay. Like, lots yep. of like neon greens yep. and and flashes of color. I think it was dark because the food didn't look good <laughs> well the food was very highlighted yeah shrimp, um, a lot, lot of, shrimp. of big old tramps yeah 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 and uh something that was dipped into something couldn't identify either <laughs> a pink sauce <laughs> no hopefully not the pink sauce <laughs> oh they're ahead of the game <laughs> it was also mayonnaise milk and like dorito dust yeah. <laughs> oh boy it didn't look good <laughs> There were some nachos with some thick guacamole. I Oh, yeah, there was. And I thought, was it a pizza? I think there was a pizza. It looked like a Hawaiian yeah, pizza. pizza. I love how they said food is exotic. It's and exotic. They showed a pizza. They showed a pizza. <laughs> now, was the food good? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you don't go to a themed restaurant for good food. No one goes to Chuck E. Cheese because they like the pizza. No, you go to Chuck E. Cheese because you can have your kids run off and play video games. <laughs> and you can have like, a beer. Yes, exactly. Ah. And it's reasonably priced. I think, oh, yeah. I, uh, Rainforest Cafe was not reasonably priced. Yeah, I can imagine. And also the the gift shop was a, you know. A scam? I mean, in that kids would go in and say, please buy me this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I would still go. Okay. If someone wants to be the new co-host and take me to Rainforest Cafe, I'm open for it. Hey, you can't fucking replace me no you can also be here it's just with the trips to rainforest cafe it would just be them oh it's just me. it's a new co-host not on the podcast no no not on the podcast just them would take they would take me to rainforest cafe. so a driver yeah a lift driver if you 
Where's the closest Rainforest Cafe? I guess... Niagara Falls. Uh, Well, California, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably California. Okay. Burbank. Burbank has a... Burbank. Burbank has a fucking Rainforest Cafe. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Alice 2022. It's 2022, but not in Dubai. Not in Dubai. <laughs> also, you know, Metrotown, that old Navy is looking a little rough. We could I mean, it. all of Metrotown is looking very rough. I think they need an uplift. I think they need a facelift. You, I think they need to bring it back. Yeah. Okay, so we'll clear out the whole Navy. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing we're going to do. Which um, is we're going to send all that, all the clothing to a vintage store. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and then what we're going to do is we're just going to sort of make like a barren, scorched landscape. Okay. Um, there's only going to be one animal there. It's going to be those horrifying fucking pink dolphins from the Amazon. <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid of those. <laughs> are we? Are they going to be actually there, like real ones? Uh, yeah, they're going to look so sad. <laughs> With their little beady eyes. It's going to be the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life. So scorched earth. Yeah. Pink dolphins in the middle. Yeah. Okay. And the menu, all beef. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. <laughs> Reality, huh? Yeah, man. Reality in my rainforest cafe? <laughs> no, sir. Well, you're going to have like a little like cartoon character? Like I'm yes. the baboon. Where's Cha-Cha, my frog friend. Come to my new Rainforest Cafe where everything's great. No, the world is ending. (laughs) (sighs) Maybe I should talk to my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I should talk to mine. Obviously, (laughs) I've had some hang-ups about this very specific restaurant. (laughs) Why am I defending this piece of trash? Mm. I do not know. Um, There's a gift shop, and in it you can buy, like, themed gas masks Mm, mm, and, um, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. air conditioners. What's the food like? Uh, It's all beef. Oh, it's all beef. It's It's all beef. beef. It's all beef from, uh, like, Brazil, you know, because they cleared out the rainforest Mm -hmm. to to do cattle farming. How about it's Rainforest Cafe question mark? Rainforest Cafe? Rainforest comma cafe? (laughs) Rainforest colon cafe question mark? Question mark? (laughs) <laughs> and then the video is like instead of being really dark with flashes of light mm-hmm. it's like you know there's always like fire in the background <laughs> it's like fluorescent like flickering fire in the oh background and then plates of just like beef <laughs> just various cuts of beef um, and then it'll cut every now and then to the sad dolphin going <laughs> and you're like that's not right that's just not right and then at the end there's like they actually do have a, a mascot and it's okay. like a little mad scientist and he's okay. like I sold these two butterflies together for <laughs> capitalism watch them go they taste like garlic <laughs> every 20 minutes instead of rainfall it's a slash and burn yeah okay I see where you're going with this <laughs> <laughs> and then the mall falls apart. <laughs> Al, you're going to hate this, but I have, I just want to, I have so many themed restaurants I want to talk about. <laughs> I think, I think I don't know that I'll hate the other ones as much as I hate this one. Okay. You, you this one, because of this its one. like sheen of quote unquote environmentalism. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that yeah. particularly gets my go. Oh, absolutely. Um, and also just like the treatment of animals by this one guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and the sort of like sheer failure of capitalism. Like not to weed out the losers. Capitalism is the culture of failing upwards. Absolutely. <laughs> let's um let's uh let's let's step back. Okay. Let's take a deep take breath. A... Let's go somewhere local. 
I'm going to take you somewhere breezy. Good. Yeah, we need something breezy. Yeah, absolutely. We need a new experience. (laughs) Okay, so this local ad comes to us from Burlington, Vermont. Hells yeah. Is it the Coat Factory? It is not the Coat Factory. Okay, well. It may be an associated factory. We'll see. We'll see. Burlington's silky woven fabrics do all the things that silk can do. Look and feel as wonderfully soft, luxurious, and elegant as silk. Blouses, lingerie, dresses. So easy care, you'll never wear silk again. Silky woven fabrics, the silk alternative made better in America by Burlington. Okay. Uh huh. Silk alternative. It's Burlington Silky Wovens. Is it? Is so? It's not silk. No, it's probably plastic. It's probably plastic. <laughs> so this is also terrible. Yeah. I like so. There's a lot of hey, a lot of blouses. Yeah, a lot of blouses, a lot of loose blouses. Oh, just there's the biggest tie. Oh yeah. The very biggest tie, and on the background, I don't know if you saw like there's this like. F- giant fan made out of like big panels of fabric. Courtney, can I tell you? Yeah. That's my favorite part. I really That's like my that. Favorite part. I really like That's the that. whole reason I picked it. Oh, so good. The movement. It just looks nice. I, except- I like their little logo of the like the weaving that yeah, unravels. Yeah, yeah. Burlington silk alternatives. Wow. <laughs> wow. Most silk alternatives are plastic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They'll be like, hey, I'm bamboo. They're not. Not. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. <laughs> if you have a local ad alternative, you... <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't like this one... <laughs> you can email us at creeps at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at ad creeps, and we love to hear from you. Yeah. Also, hey, also, if you... um, Also liked Rainforest Cafe when you were younger, please tell me. Please be self-affirming. Yeah, please. Um, and also a big thank you to Daryl for donating to our Kofi. Thank you, Daryl. Daryl, you friggin' rock. I bet Daryl had a giant 16-ounce cha-cha souvenir <laughs> cup. I fucking loved it. Uh, I'm not gonna... I can't speak on how anyone else feels about the RC, the RFC. <laughs> RFC. RFC. Um, but thank you, Daryl. And if you're interested in donating to our Kofi, the link is on our Twitter page. It's our website. Beautiful. Okay, I think that's it. That's it. Until next time, we, we are, are signing, signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. I'm so sorry that I... No, no, no. This is it. Okay. This is it. Look, you and me, we're oil and water, baby. <laughs> and that's why we're I'm so... the water, you're the oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm the oil spill on the Gulf. <laughs> we're fresh water and petroleum, baby. Hells yeah. <laughs>